on this very first edition of Resi Week. We talk about the Amazon Echo and the advances being made in voice control, sensors all around your home, and how to respond to DIYers. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, Episode 1, recorded Monday, February 1st, 2016. Blame Uncle Richie. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Crestron. Hey, this is Matt Scott for avnation.tv. You are in the initial, the first official uh, Resi Week show. This is going to be a, a new weekly show that we at AV Nation are started. We're really excited about it. I'm particularly excited about it because I'm, uh, you know, at least 50% a residential guy over just commercial. And, uh, you know, this is our first foray directly into the residential market. So we're pretty excited about that. So let's uh, introduce who we've got on our initial show. Uh, and I'm going to start pretty much how it's set up on my queue. So we've got Andrea Medeiros. She is the editor-in-chief at Tech Home Builder. How you doing, Andrea? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming. Uh, then we have Dave, Dave Pedigo. Uh, he is the staff nerd and a really long title that he'll happily give us uh, over at Cedia. Thanks. It's uh, Senior Director of Learning and Emerging Technologies, but I much prefer staff nerd. See, and that's why we went with that one, because as some of you know, I nor normally help host the AV App Show where we have a lot of fun, um, and this one I'm trying to be much more professional. Unfortunately, I invited our next guest, so that may not work out. We've got Joe Whitaker from uh, Jay Whitaker Designs. How you doing, bud? Doing well, doing well. Excited to be here um, with Dave, uh, representing Cedia Board of Directors as well. So, uh, yeah, today we're doing a Resi version of this. Congratulations on uh, getting reelected. Uh, yes, it was probably the most exciting voting that has ever happened within CDM. Biggest voter turnout uh, overall. It was it was pretty pretty amazing. That was mainly due to your social media prowess, I, I will say. I, I would <laughs> hope so. <laughs> Perfect. And then last but certainly not least, my good friend Richard Fergosa. How you doing, Fergosa? Mellow West Coast greetings. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going for the trifecta now. I've got AV Week, I've got State of Control, and, and now the Resi Show. So uh, now I can actually completely lose my marbles in, in my wheelhouse. Um, so glad to be here, glad to be part of the inaugural show. I think that um, definitely this is, this is a, a, a great new chapter for, for AV Nation, and, and hopefully uh, being able to get some information out to people who aren't just doing commercial and government, but but Resi and and uh, all the fun stuff, you know. It's it's exactly. you know the, the tagline should be a AV Week Resi. Hey, want to see something cool? Uh <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna tell some of our commercial friends that you said that. We'll leave it alone. All right. So let's get into uh, some of our stories that we've got this week. We're gonna start with honestly kind of a goofy one. I'm gonna throw it up on the screen, possibly. There we go. Uh, you can wake up to Missy Elliott yelling at you through Amazon Echo, because who else doesn't want that? Uh, essentially, the premise is there are some ways in which we can uh, throw different voice control and different, uh, you know, celebrity voices uh, into Amazon Echo, kind of like the same that I think TomTom Tom had a, uh, uh, a Mr. T voice that you could put on some of their early issues. 
let's start this off <clears throat> with Richard. What's your what's your what's your take on this, my friend? You, you know, it's it's uh, it, it's another Trojan horse, and you know, I mean, at, at this point, it's it's another IoT device. It's another company who is trying to come up with a way to create their own standard. So, and what have we always said? What's the best thing about standards? There's so many to choose from. <laughs> Everybody's um, got one. <laughs> you know, I it, why not? Um, it, it opens the conversation. Um, I've heard some interesting things about it. Um, I've dabbled with it a little bit. Um, I just don't see that other than maybe in a small um, condo or a townhouse or kind of a central location where you don't have animals or children or ambient noise of the things constantly answering you, um, that that it, it winds up being... Um, a solution that that we think of, and so, um, right. you know, for our industry. I, but you know, I mean, a manufacturer is trying, and if anything else, um, competition breeds innovation, and that's the way that I look at it. Um, with that unit coming out, hopefully, it forces the other um, manufacturers in our arena to say, "Hey, you know, this is," as I say, in state of control all the time. I mean, we we need to start making things that work and start going towards the consumer. And and catching up with the tech industry before they they wind up swallowing us up. If if you don't mind me jumping in no, here, jump so in. so this is my uh, my newbiness here, Richard. I'm going to completely disagree with you, and I hope you're not mad at me. So um, uh, <laughs> he so, always holds a grudge. It's cool. So so we um we actually had a uh, webinar last week where we talked about um the uh, the state of CES and uh, it's funny because Rich Green and I kind of came to the same conclusion this is the year of Amazon Echo so in fact we got to the point where I was I just so I said to hell with this so last week I went and I actually bought an Amazon Echo so I spent all weekend playing with it and um, first of all so I just um, I have uh, Hugh and Wink in my house just as kind of test bed see how they work but I also have a uh, 75 year old father who uh, just spent uh, 10 days in intensive care he doesn't he's not in really good shape and so this morning to be honest with you before I even saw the list of what was going to um, be the topic I was teaching my dad because he he's on um, Lasix and has to go to the bathroom a lot for him to come out he uses a flashlight because he lives on my main floor and I'm like dad all you have to do now is come out and say Alexa turn the island lights on or turn the kitchen lights on um, it it's worked really well now obviously I've got about 48 hours of experience using it but it was really 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 well done and I I think that this is uh, yes it is a Trojan horse but I think that this is the first real instance of voice control actually working and uh, I, I'm pretty excited about it now I will say uh, Missy Elliott is not who I want to wake up to I'd rather have Jennifer Aniston whisper in my ear tell me something nice you know that would probably get me up a little bit faster but uh, so so there you go so th this is my concern and I have not had hands-on experience with this device uh, but I do use Siri a lot on both my pretty much all my iDevices I personally have a bit of an issue with any of these devices constantly listening to me. <laughs> to the point of, in my truck, I've got OnStar. If I'm having a conversation that I do not want anyone ever to hear, 
we pull the fuse on that device so that no one can hear anything we're saying. Uh, Joe, what's your what's your take on that side of things when it comes to some of these smart listening devices? Well, you know, it, it's funny because I have a long historied life with voice control, going back to the last EHX in Orlando where Voca introduced voice control for Control Four, and it never took off. And me, you know, helping out the guys at VoicePod when they launched, and I do have uh, I'm an Echo integrated with Control Four, doing about forty or fifty commands. Um, that portion of it is good, and Dave is right. Um, you know, Echo has taken the technology from just being on a mobile device and actually being a usable home platform, which many people have tried with mobile devices, and it didn't work. Um, privacy is one of the big issues, but let me take you back to the article real quick. What the subject matter is, it's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay? <laughs> All right, and here's why. Here's why. Now, I agree that it is the year of the Echo. Great. And, and, and it is breaking breaking ground for us. But the, really, Misty Elliott, oh, okay, you, you might have got me if you would have had James Earl Jones or Morgan Freeman or, you know, something that is actually semi-entertaining to me. But all you're doing is you're selling me that ringtone thing from my voicemail where Pamela Anderson answers my phone for me. It's a gimmick. And it's to me, it's a tasteless gimmick that they're going after. They, they could have came at me better with, we're going to do better voice integration and we're going to support more products, not we're going to support actors and actresses to line their pockets by sponsorships. It's oh, just silly oh. to me. It's silly. Give me more control of more devices. <laughs> Use your time on that. Not how no, to that's not going to appeal to the regular millennials, though. Oh, don't voice. throw millennials into it. Come on. Now, but, now. But, well, from the builder side, the millennials are the ones wanting these things, so but Missy Elliott has a lens. I love me some Missy. I think she's okay. awesome. <laughs> I'm going to work it. I'm going to work it. Uh, you reverse it. it. The whole thing. Yeah. Okay. But, Joe, but, you had me at James Earl Jones, though. If they get but, James but Earl Jones, we're done. Is, is I think that they should be publicly talking about newer developments, including more devices, actually bringing all those things together, because that's what we need is one cloud-based somebody to say, okay, we're going to support you on a cloud everywhere, and here is your one control interface, and it can be your voice. That's where their concentration should be. So is this going to divulge into a Apple versus Amazon fight for control of the integrated home? Because, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen much from Google who we would have expected to play into this, this game. Anybody? Nobody? Uh, I don't know. Facebook wins. Facebook wins. <laughs> well, I, I will say, you mentioned Siri as, a, as an example. I, I, I find, and I'm a, a big Apple guy personally, not from a CDA perspective, from my own perspective, but Siri is just awful. It's just mm -hmm. not, it just doesn't really give you the experience you like. When it came to uh, to Alexa, it it's, you, you said that you haven't played with it. You, you should play with it, and don't do just dabble here or there. Give yourself a weekend, get some of the connected stuff, and just see how it works. Because it's the uh, the deep learning that's the issue with, uh, like, Siri as an example. There's not enough context. And I always use this example. If any of you watched um, Back to the Future 2, uh, when uh, I think it's um, Elizabeth Shue walks into the house, and they say, ma'am, you should always put your lights on. And she says, lights on as a question not as a command, and the lights come on, um, 
and that's a context thing. We're we're still missing context, but I see the Amazon Echo, Echo being significantly further along in contextual awareness than I saw with Siri, and so uh, it, it it's worth a try. I think from the builder side, this is twofold. Uh, it's showing that the DIY stuff is selling and sex sells, and that's why they're using celebrities so that consumers are demanding this technology. And also, what Dave mentioned, aging in place, has become a huge trend this year in the builder realm. And when you're older and people are living longer, they're going to need technology that they can speak to. That's why you're seeing a lot of iPads, a lot of voice control in the home. My main concern with this was Siri and the effectiveness of voice control. Mm -hmm. I also haven't tried it, but with what Dave's saying, it certainly makes me more willing to try it. It seems to be better at knowing what I'm saying, whereas Siri usually takes me in the wrong direction and then I'm lost. <laughs> I, I will there's, there, there's one more thing, that, and, and we spend a whole lot of time on this, and um, interacting with technology. I mean, again, people, it, it's, it's, like, it's like when you watch 24 or you watch Iron Man or you watch any of these movies, it's, it's you know, this fantasy of mm -hmm. this, this intelligent dialogue. Right, you know, there's like like Dave was saying, there's con there's contextual information. The act of talking out loud to yourself, just just psychologically, <laughs> is an unnatural <laughs> act, and people tend to forget about that. And again, what do you much mean, like Rich? Dave, I talk to myself all the time. <laughs> the voice, your voices listen and talk back, though. There's the difference. <laughs> um, but again, like I mean, just like Joe was saying, I mean, I mean, I, I go back 25 years to things like Butler in a Box, you know, I mean, where you had to speak specifically to engage in action, and Siri, and all of these things, and and I, I've had the luxury of of dealing with some people here in, in in the Silicon Valley, and the issue, and the constant issue has always been the contextual responses, right. the nuance of language, and language is extremely complicated because we're humans and our brains can process and we can differentiate nuance. Um, the algorithm to be able to tell the difference between like what Dave was saying, a statement or a question, not only that but inflection, dialogue, dot, 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 all the way down the road. It's a good shot across the bow. My concern always winds up being is that the gadgetry and the novelty starts out great. And then what happens is that the ripple effect occurs when it doesn't work like the way it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. I just spent $299 on this. It didn't really do everything that was promised. And so it goes back to education saying, yes, let's, let's focus on this being a tool. Let's focus on it augmenting reliable, situa uh, re reliable and robust platforms. But to look at it as a platform unto itself, um, winds up being a lot of the marketing hype and having Missy Elliott and everybody else. It's great, but, you know, again, it winds up being a, a throwaway. And that's my concern, is that we are focusing on throwaway technology again. Well, I'll, the last thing I'll add with this is, is that there are other competitors coming into the market now with artificial intelligence and voice control. So I, I, one that you might want to look at, that it's just early in the infancy stage, but it's a startup, is something called Josh.ai, and they're kind of targeting the custom channel for that. And I've seen their products work where you're able to give it, you know, five, ten 
commands completely do this 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 and this and they're all performed so whether this is in its infancy or we're really starting to see an actual robust product just realize that I think we're finally on the full path of natural user interface where it's voice control and they're doing what you want and just think about the folks with disabilities my um, one of my good friends his father just recently passed away from multiple sclerosis but for the last couple of years he used something very crude but was able to dial in on certain things by voice control and so just just think about the quality of life for people who can't I absolutely and I, and I agree with that and again with the Asian in place and with people with disabilities it's a fantastic tool my point again though is making it a tool as part of your greater uh, electronic tool belt sure. and and so our job and especially in the resi industry is separating fact from fiction uh, yeah, making sure you know, I mean, that's really the whole purpose of what we do. You know, we, we facilitate and, and, and advise and say, it's great. I love it. I, I love the premise of it. Over the past two and a half decades, the execution has been abysmal. Let's hope in the next five years we see a difference. Yeah, I, I think it always comes back to the fact that in residential specifically, because, you know, I, I dabble in both, um, our, our end users are so enamored by technology they see online, in movies, etc., and they think that when you pull in a Surrey or Amazon Echo or anything like this, that instantly it can do everything they see in the movies. And, you know, just as Richard said, it's, it's the separation of fact and fiction, uh, which becomes a, a, a big thing for the integrator to... is almost probably more important for the integrator to know how to educate their customers properly on that. Um, but let's move on from that real quick because we can probably talk about that one forever and right. jump into a wonderful article from Tech Home Builder. <laughs> See, like that plug? Um, that was so sweet of you to say. I know, right? Uh, so we're actually going to start with Andrea on this one. Um, and this is just talking about how home sensors are starting to soar, as it says right there, and going over you know, some of the trends that we're seeing in the sensor market. And I know that that's something that my company is starting to or, or continuing to get into uh, sensor-based stuff so that, you know, when, when something happens, this can happen. Uh, Andrea, how important is this for integrators to pay attention to? I think it's important to pay attention to, but just like voice control, I think this is in its infancy as far as the way this article is talking about it it's basically this company talking about putting sensors everywhere on your coffee pot uh, where you brush your teeth being able to tell you if you're brushing your teeth better than your other family members that might not be a practical use for sensors right now but we have seen good uses for sensors as far as leak detection as an example uh, we covered the unity home in New Hampshire that was also at green build uh, we did a video piece on that they're not collecting the data yet, but they've placed sensors or are placing sensors in some of their homes for leak detection uh, to test for efficiency. Uh, we're starting to see sensors when it comes to the healthy home, uh, checking for indoor air quality. Those are the types of sensors that I think we're going to see sooner than um, whether not competing with your family about brushing your teeth. <laughs> Although it could be a good way to get your kids to brush, guys. <laughs> exactly. You know, it... Richard, on when it comes to sensors, it, how far out is this before this becomes commonplace uh, across the board? Um, we're already seeing it. I mean, we're we're already doing geolocating um, and using low power Bluetooth um, for 
for those reasons where it's, you know, somebody's walking around and they happen to have their mobile device, and first thing that happens is that, you know, when they enter into a range, it pops up and says, hey, I see you've entered this room. Do you want to dot, dot, dot? Um, so, but again, this is a custom program solution that we're doing. This is not something currently that is is user controllable. It's not a DOI project yet. I think what we'll see is we're gonna we're starting to see the trickle down that's occurring. Right. And so, and and really where this is going to come from is from retailers. I mean, it's going to bubble up from retailers. Um, we're going to see that more from people's shopping experience, where they get um, a little more dulled. I'll constantly being asked questions by their house. I mean, I have it right now where it's like I know I have several apps on my mobile devices that once I'm within range of, you know, a Target or, or um, uh, gosh, I, I forget, whatever one of the other retailers, it's like, hey, you're nearby. Did you know, dot, 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 and it pulls up the information for my shopping, you know, because of my email. I mean, good news, bad news. It's, it, you know, what is it? Uh, minority report, right? You know, um, but again, I think where what, what, to go back to what Dave was talking about, again, it's sensors are great um, in that they can be used to leverage um, the abilities of people who don't, who aren't necessarily uh, ambulatory um, or are aging in place. I mean, again, it's 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 I'm a I, I love data. I mean, I love aggregating data. I love getting every bit of data that I can get and then optimizing it because we've always felt that really all home automation is is the identifying and the executing of patterns, taking a pattern and streamlining it to its simplest process, you know, and and working with that. So any any device that we can find that can help that, that can um, operate, uh, that, that can operate, we, we call it anticipatory service, right? right? It's already thinking about what you may want to do before you are, and it can help mm -hmm. execute that. Um, it's going to be cost. I mean, we're we're going to have these things riddled all over the place. I think what was it? Uh, AT and T is doing their build out of their network right now. Where I mean, they're talking about billions of devices by by 2022. I think was was uh, the article that I last checked. Um, you know, it's happening. I mean, IoT is happening, and yeah. now it becomes a matter of how are we going to ride this wave? And the problem that we have right now with IoT, and again, it's all of these different standards. Everybody's got this land rush, this gold rush right now on what they'd like. Um, so we're having to sift through all of that. So, so you know, again, sensors good. <laughs> Implementation, um, that's going to be the big it's question. Leaving, leaving something to be desired, that's for sure. Yeah. Right. Business Insider had reported, uh, this might be the one you're talking about, which is $34 billion, uh, uh, let's see, <laughs> By 2020, 34 billion internet-connected devices will be installed globally. Yeah. So that's uh, that's four devices per person on the planet. On the planet. Well, it, <laughs> and it pushes. It just continues to push that conversation that the AV industry really needs to get behind and and get in in front of. I guess is probably a better term. Uh, the network. They really need to take control of the network in the home because as we continue to have all these uh, devices available, we're going to need a robust network to maintain it. I just wanted to piggyback off of what Richard was saying when it comes to the sensors. I just got back from the International Builder Show. Uh, Geofencing, when it comes to sensors, was huge there this year. A lot of the top products they were talking about involved geofencing. Why? Because we talk about that ease of use. There are so many products out there now. It kind of takes away that ease of use use for the consumer when they have 
a million different devices that they're trying to integrate and that they're scheduling themselves. The geofencing kind of takes that away. You don't have to use your phone to shut off your lights or turn them on when you're coming home because the geofencing knows when you're coming home, so it's doing it for you. I believe Lennox new smart thermostat, it's pretty cool looking. You should check that out. They're using geofencing with that. I don't know if you're familiar with big ass fans. They're also launching yeah, Haiku Home. Uh, yes. with LED lights, and they're going to use infrared um, sensing technology um, so that the customer doesn't have to think because if any of you have dealt with customers, they really don't want to think that hard when it comes right. to using their own technology. So sensors I, are offering us that type of capability as well. Yeah, I know for just from personal experience, my personal favorite uh, sensor that I'm running in my home right now is I've got a couple different lighting control systems, but we're using Cassetta in our guest suite, and it utilizes the, the geofencing as well. And, you know, when my in-laws are here, every time I leave, it pops on and tells me that the lights are left on, and I know that they're upstairs playing with my, my son Cohen, and I can turn the lights off from my phone, from my watch, uh, from anything. And it, it, it's phenomenal how well that unit seemed to be implemented uh, as far as what we're seeing. Um, Every time this comes up, I always like, I like to look at people like Richard and say, Richard, how do you like being the, the test market for this for the last 10 years? <laughs> because, you know, I, I, I could say from personal experience, me and my company, we've already been doing these things since 2006. You know, multi-point proximity sensors, uh, water sensors, um, all the way down to uh, flow valves, uh, in, in, you know, in the piping inside the home. We've already been doing these things. And then you look at, you know, geofencing, that, that's huge. It's starting to get big traction, but you've been able to use the Skylark app on the iPhone with Nest thermostats to do backwards programming on that to tell when you're 10 miles from the house, 15 miles from the house, et cetera, et cetera, for like two years. Oh, so. Yeah. You know, everybody's been able to experiment with this and think of an implementation for it. And that's what IoT is starting to get is, okay, now, now how can we implement this? Because my biggest argument has always been with all home technology professionals, period, has been do you offer home control or do you offer home automation? Do you use mo motion sensors, proximity sensors, pressure sensors, water sensors? Do you have things happening for your clients by themselves, without the client having to press a button, things that just act upon actions that are happening inside the house. Yes, you're doing home automation. Do they have to pick up their phone or their remote or touch their touchscreen to make something happen? No, you're doing home control. It's, it's the biggest argument ever, and these sensors is what has brought us to this point. And that's why, like, the stuff I saw at CES, I didn't go. I was following Dave, actually. Um, and some of the stuff that he was seeing... Um, uh, and Julie, of course, some of the some of the things that were out there are are their fruition of what we've been preaching and we've been talking about, and we as the professionals have been experimenting with for you know 20 years. Now we're starting to see it where the Cassetta, which I have some, um, that's that's pretty awesome. That now we can go down to a decent price point, easy to put in, e easy programming, and it's just boom, we're in. Well, and I think that's probably the biggest shift as we're getting into IoT and sensors and everything else in today's day and age is that, like, gosh, when did um, Bill Gates do his house that was such a big deal, like 30 years ago? ago? No, 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 the one before that. Oh, the, the, the original yeah, home of the future. RFID, the original one, the yeah. original home of the future where he was using the RFID tags and so yes, it would all be that issued an RFID tag and as you pass through, you could swipe and yes. 
Exactly. So now we're seeing it in products like Caseta or Nest or uh, some of these other devices. We're now seeing this come across and be a very simple installation, something that can be DIY or isn't going to cost you an absolute fortune to hire a company like myself or Joe's or Richard's and, you know, have some of this capability down the road. I, I think it's phenomenal where we're at and looking forward to seeing where it's going. But let's grab one last article before I let everyone go. And I get because if you want a DIY, this is what happens. <laughs> exactly. Oh, you want to pull that one? <laughs> I was going to go to the FCC one, but we can pull that one. Oh. No, 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 let's do it. As long as I can make my screen share work. There we go. All right, this was on CE Pro, and uh, this was our good friend Julie Jacobson. <coughs> she got an uh, email from... A gentleman named John talking about DIY and some of the other uh, stuff down the road. So essentially the premise of the article is that he was getting into trying to do this and figuring out that it wasn't DIY automation or control, depending how, however you want to chat about it, uh, is not as simple as it sounds. Um, and this is something that, you know, I'm sure Joe's seen. I know Richard has seen it. I know we've seen it where someone jumps into home automation and they go to Home Depot or they buy stuff on Amazon and they get going and realize that it, it's not as simple as they thought to get it all running. Um, Richard, since you kind of brought this one up, I'll let you jump in on this one first. You know, I, I mean, it's it's the perfect example of where we're at right now. It's that the we have lots and lots of companies who are saying um, you know, you, you can do this now. You know, home automation is, is now within your fingertips. And they're all competing um, for that same dollar. And what, they're, what we're finding out, unfortunately, is that people are making these purchases and they are, and again, it's not, it's not a five-figure purchase anymore. It's not even a four-figure purchase anymore. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a sub-$500 purchase, which, you know, allows people to say, okay, I'm going to give it a shot. Um, and we're running into this issue, which is the, you know, again, this is what HomeKit was supposed to come around and do. This was what Google was supposed to do three years ago. This is what several manufacturers have jumped in, and these large players have said, and, you know, we're going to go ahead and make everybody talk. Um, you know, uh, it, there, there, is no, uh, there is no comprehensive standard. And the problem that we have is it's, it's much like consumer electronics 20 years ago. Um, you know, every manufacturer had to, like when they made an audio video receiver, right? Say there's 15 of these manufacturers. All of them had to make their units just different enough to be incompatible with what anybody else is doing in order to protect what they thought was their, their intellectual property or their market share or anything else. That's what we're seeing right now. Every company who comes in thinks that they've got the best idea possible and everybody who doesn't just see how awesome they are is a moron. Uh, and so you've got hundreds and hundreds of these companies coming in that's saying, I've got the best one. You're all idiots. Just use mine. And, and what's happening right now is the consumers are losing. And we keep coming back to the same thing, education. We keep coming back to, you know, how do we do this? And this, and again, figure it. We have an association whose role is to educate <laughs> the homeowner. Um, I view it as an opportunity. I, I, when I read that entire article, the first thing that happened is, 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 is you know, the, the acid in my stomach bubbled up. And then I looked and I went, oh, wow, that's opportunity. 
that's the ability to be able to say, hey, look, this is, you've got a choice. Yes, you can learn and you can become a client for life once we get you in the right position. Um, or you wind up being that person who's burned out on the automation and says, oh, yeah, I tried that stuff. All of it's junk and I don't use it anymore and don't even bother. Um, you know, I, I, my clients sooner or later are going to shuffle the mortal coil. Um, my clients, for the most part, aren't getting any younger. <laughs> and so my goal and what and our focus has been is the fact that we're trying to get our clients, you know, when they're in their 20s, when they're in their late 20s, early 30s, so that they can be continuing clients. So as their um, buying power and their lifestyles change, that the technology and their needs and their comfort will go along with it. And so, you know, this is a start. And, but but again, it's, it's when I, I read this article and I read it, it was absolutely why... For now, I think companies like mine and Joe's and, 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 and Matt's, we, we exist. And as an industry, we exist. Um, it, it's, it's our job. It's, it's, uh, and it, right now, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I'm a zealot. I mean, I feel like an acolyte of home automation and say, no, this can be better. You know, <laughs> this can be a lot better. Um, let, let's, let, you know, I got to evangelize at this point, you know, and that's what I see is that it's, it's more or less, it's, it's, it's a siren call to, um, for us as integrators and, and our industry. To evangelize what it is we right. do, because we've been doing it for 25 years. We've already gone through all of this. This is not new stuff. It's just new to the consumer. Right. So, and I think it's a little different now because you're, it's not just about educating the consumer. It's about educating a lot of high volume builders who are installing these systems as a solution to their consumer demands. And those types of homes are being bought up by millennials who are entering the marketplace. And then there's a risk that those systems aren't going to work because a lot of these builders can't afford to work with integrators. They can't keep it in their price point. So there's a lot of that going on as well. We've been into a lot of homes. I won't mention any names, but where the keyless entry locks aren't working or they're using a cable company's home automation system. And that's the first view that these consumers are getting of a lot of these technologies. So that's a little bit scary, too. And that's why we feel like it's so important here to educate the builder almost as if they are as a, a consumer because a lot of them are just dipping into these technologies. Right. So, Dave, where does or, or how does CDA view an article like this? Is Does this become an opportunity? Does this become a challenge? Um, what's, what's your take? Uh, well, I, I would say that it is the double-edged sword. Um, it's certainly an opportunity, and, and way earlier when you talked, uh, I think Richard had mentioned the beauty of standards is there's so many to choose from. Um, part, of, part of actually my job moving forward, I'm going to be transitioning a little bit, is to work helping manufacturers and manufacturers communicate and figure out ways that they can work together to make the overall experience better. I, for my formula personally for uh, success for our industry is number one, it's reliable. Number two, it's simple to use. And then whatever else you want is fine. But if it's not working 99.99% of the time and it's not easy to use, it's not worth it. And that's what I think distinguishes a lot of the CD dealers from you know some of the other companies is the, the reliability side. Um, and when someone mentioned earlier the network, I, I think it was you, Matt, if you're not putting in a really almost enterprise-grade networks, we're hanging so many things on that line, and it just mm. causes it to sag. So the um, so I think it is a big opportunity for us. the The hard part is what you had mentioned earlier, though, is is that the consumer messaging is that for every one 
negative experience you have. It takes 10 positive experiences to kind of overcome that. And there's so many crappy experiences out there. Uh, you know, I, I, I know I talked about Amazon and said that it works well, but for every one of those, there's a million, I mean, there's not a million, but there's so many products out there that they work great 80% of the time. But, you know, it, it's not, that's not the opportunity. What's the line from Ron Burgundy? 60% uh, of the time it works all the time. Well, that's not <laughs> going to really work out for us. And so that's putting kind of a, uh, a stain on the industry. So there's as much um, danger in turning people off as there is to, um, to uh, the opportunity of growth. Very nice. All right, Joe, we'll give you kind of the last word, and then we're going to wrap up. All right, does, it, does anybody remember X10? Uh, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I mean there's, there's where we started with all this is with X10. And when we come into these things, it's kind of like um, from an integrator standpoint or, or the article that was written by Julie, it's okay. So you also need this hub, this connector, this adapter, um, this blah, 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 blah. You know, the stack goes on and on. And while it would be great, you know, to talk to manufacturers and get those guys consolidated on some kind of standard, it's never going to happen because they have manufacturing holdbacks. I'm a manufacturer and I can only use Z-Wave antennas for the next 15 years because i got a contract, so I can't do Zigbee. And Thread won't let me in the door. So it is seriously going to be, you know, the only fix for this is going to be either uh, custom integrators and home technology professionals that can teach these people how to blend them together, or it's going to be a guy like Mark Zuckerberg that says, I have the biggest database of humans bigger than the CIA. I have the biggest database of humans, and I can reach every one of them. And since all of these platforms use some kind of VPN, some kind of web presence, I don't care about their antennas. I'm going to blend them together in the cloud. That is where it's going to get fixed. It's never going to get fixed in the hardware. It's never going to get fixed in the home. Somebody's going to have to find a way to blend them together on a much, much higher level. Well, yeah, and since we're already seeing, you know, the industry and just technology in general, everything going towards the cloud, that makes a lot of sense. All right, that is it. We are over our time. I'm going to get yelled at later, and I'm going to blame it on Richard. So, <laughs> first of all, thank you so much for joining us on the inaugural episode of AV Week. Uh, I'm Matt Scott. Let's uh, throw it. Thank you, Andrea, for being with us. Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me at uh, the website, techhomebuilder.com. Also, check out Tech Home Max. It's a trade show we're launching involving builders, integrators, contractors, bringing everyone together who's doing this type of technology that we just talked about to educate us on how to do it properly. Excellent. Very good. Dave, uh, again, thanks for being on us for your first time on an Aviation podcast. Hopefully, Thank we you were fairly well behaved. <laughs> oh, you guys were great. I think I'm the one who, who pushed you over limits there. So oh, no, no, no. It was totally Richard. It was 100% Richard. <laughs> Uh, do you have any contact information you want to give out? Yeah, just if uh, if you're looking for myself or anyone else at Cedia, it's very easy to find us, just cedia.org, and uh, we're happy to talk to you anytime. Beautiful. All right, Joe, you are up next. Uh, Joe Whitaker, just visit thethoughtfulhome.com. If you want any information about Cedia, cedia.org. If you're actually a user, an end user who is actually watching this podcast, also go to cedia.net. Very nice. And last but not least, Richard. Thanks so much, bud, for being on the show with me. Absolutely. I guess you can find me at uh, blameuncleritchie.com. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know I could have that made very quickly. <laughs> 
It's great. I, I'm I'm really excited that uh, we're getting the opportunity to um, speak to a, an important part of the market as well, and have some great people here. I love the, having the CDA presence, and uh, you know, this is this is the mountaintop I love evangelizing from. So um, love it. If you need, uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on the Twitters uh, at there it is at Art Fergosa. Um, you can also find me at FergosaDesign.com uh, on CE Pro. Also appearing now in Electronic House. Uh, coming up soon, and uh, and uh, also here with the with my compatriots here at AV Nation. And uh, otherwise, just type in my name in the Googles, and sometimes things pop up. <laughs> Beautiful. And for myself, you can obviously find me at Matt D. Scott on pretty much any social media platform. I'm there if I'm around. Uh, otherwise, Google me. I'm pretty easy to find. But more importantly, please visit avnation.tv, follow at avnation.tv as well on Twitter and, and everything else, and stay tuned for more episodes like this on Resi, uh, Resi shows as well as, of course, AV Week and all of our other flagship shows. And more importantly, or most importantly, we will also be covering ISE, so anyone in Europe uh, or anyone in North America who wants to follow what's going down at ISE Definitely follow all of us. Uh, we'll be there and, and reporting live. So for AV Nation, have a good day. Thanks so much for listening. 